Hello, and welcome to the Loft Gathering Podcast. We will be talking about the contents of your mind, mouth, attitude, and life actions, and how these are the staples to further understand our authority in God's kingdom. Get ready to have your thinking challenged and your faith turned up. Here's Lisa. church today. Um, I just want to talk to us today about Jesus and healing. If you look at these four squares behind me, you know, it took me a minute to like buy in to four square, like all that it is and all that it was. We've been here six years now. I guess it'll be, yeah, six years or seven. I don't know. You guys figured out. Our birthday is April 10th. We'll let you know for sure on that day. But that's when we took possession of this building. Five? Oh, she's waving at her. I thought she was telling me five. I'm like, I know it's six. Anyway, these four squares up here, they represent things, you know. That cross represents that Jesus is our Savior, you know. And this cup over here represents that Jesus is our healer. Below on the left is a, is a dove. It represents that Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. And then on the right is a crown. You can't see it here, but Jesus is, I can't see it. You probably can. He's our soon and coming king. And so those are things that are like foundational things. Man, I believe in those things. Do you believe in those things? And so I think we have like so many blessings from God. I know that we do. And the Bible teaches us about them. I made a short list for us to look at. You know, I mean, Jesus promises us a lot of things as his children. He promises to strengthen us. He promises to give us rest. He promises to take care of all of our needs. He promises to answer prayer. He promises to work everything out for good. He promises to be with you. He promises to protect you. He promises freedom from sin. He promises eternal life, salvation, success, prosperity, and healing, and more. I just made a short list to talk about the blessings that belong to us when we belong to him. Did you know that all that stuff is yours? You know, I love that commercial, What's in Your Wallet? Man, what's in your spirit? You know, what, what are you carrying around? Because all of these things are ours. And how do we get them? How do we get them? It's like we can't just look over and they be elusive our entire Christian existence. We've got to figure out how to put them in. And God actually does that miraculous work. But especially when you start looking at something like healing, it's challenging. It's interesting because we don't see that looking in front of our eyes. The things that we read in the Bible, we don't see that in our modern day life. We have to strain to see it. Maybe in some third world country, you know, we've, we've seen that on our missions trips. We've seen people rise up from deathbeds. We've seen people healed from blindness. From people in this room, Stacy, Tammy, went over to Africa, laid hands on some people, they got healed. You know, we don't, we don't see that in our everyday life here. And then, and then we struggle with faith because it's like, well, how do I, how do I get that to come to fruition in my own life, Jesus, and we try to work up something in the flesh, and we can't, and then we're disappointed. And I'm like, well, we just settle. We settle back into it. Or, you know, you've watched somebody like some huge, maybe televangelist or some, someone, you know, you, you watch somebody get healed on a big screen, and then a couple years later, there it is again. They have that same thing again. You're like, oh, yeah. And then your faith falls down again, and you're like, yeah, I knew that. That wasn't real. That isn't for today. That was a long time ago. Or whatever we do, we justify our doubt. Or we run to the medicine cabinet because it's so much easier just to go take ibuprofen than to pray, God, in the name of Jesus, can you get this headache off of me? It's so much easier just to go and find some kind of prescription, you know, that has 15 kind of side effects 
and cost you an arm and a leg, but we'll take that. It may cause dizziness, drowsiness, vomiting, diarrhea. You know, you might swell up like a balloon. I don't know. You, you could die. But it's like, we'll take that before we'll ever seek God for healing. But we believe that he's a healer, or do we? We believe that he's a healer. And it doesn't matter. We can stand here and proclaim that he's a healer, but it, it'll all come down to what do you believe? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things we don't see. And in the same way that you received your salvation, you had to believe that he forgave you for sin. And then you leaned into that. You had to believe that he was on your side. You had to believe that he was for you, that he was a forgiver, that he was a lover. And then you begin to walk in that kind of grace. It's the same thing with healing. You've got to lean into believing it. Look, I believe in medicine. I like it. I, I, I like the way, some of you will get this, some of you won't, but, you know, Jesus is the great physician. The great physician, he's called that. Well, doctors in, in our day and age practice medicine. They practice. God is the great physician. And I think sometimes we forget that there's a blessing of God on our society, on our culture, on us as a people Medicine is, is a cure. It's cool. I believe it comes from God. I believe if God meant for man to fly, he would have given him a brain so he could build an airplane so he could fly. Well, if God means for us to be healed through medicine, he's going to give science the opportunity to expand on what will be good for us and what will heal us. Now, the pharmaceutical companies as they are today, well, that's a whole other story that we don't talk about because we don't want to be put in Facebook jail again. But the idea is... That God is a healer, and I want us to lean into it a little bit. I want us to look at what the Bible actually says about it. Do you know where the first place about healing is in the Bible? Just like everything else, it's in Genesis. It's the New King James Version today. It says this, Abraham prayed to God, and then God healed Abimelech. What happened? Abraham prayed to God, and then God healed Abimelech. You, know, you guys got to think. You got to think for yourselves. You know, like if I just stand up here a talking head and tell you these things, blah, 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 over and over, you'll just be like, man, that was a great message. Good job, Pastor Lisa. Let's go get some lunch. But if you think and you turn your mind, God gave you an opportunity and an ability to have the clarity of mind to think about the stuff that we're talking about and to process it and to take it in and to set your heart to believe. So when, I, when I'm looking at the scripture, it's not a test on you. I'm just saying, what, you know, what happened there? Well, Abraham prayed. And then what happened? Then God healed. And, if, and then, you know, what happened was, if you remember the story, this is where Abraham and Sarah go before Abimelech. Abimelech thinks Sarah's hot, wants to bring her into his house. And Abraham says, hey, just tell her that you're my sister, so he won't kill me. thing is, she actually was his half-sister. I don't know what's worse, that it was his half-sister that he married or that he lied about the fact that she wasn't his wife. But she was his wife and his half-sister. And because he did that, Sarah went into that community, and then all the people became barren. They couldn't have any kids. And it, she must have been there for a minute to become aware of this, and then Abraham prayed, and then healing came, and the women were able to have kids again. It's powerful. Here's, here's one in Exodus I really like, 23:25. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will do what? Bless your bread and water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you, and no one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. See, in those days, they're going through a hard time because of sin. So everybody would look at anything that happened in sickness, and they would think, oh, they sinned. 
Remember, even in the New Testament, this man, he was born blind. Who sinned, him or his parents? They always equate sin to sickness. We still do that. Man, I remember a few years ago, I had cancer, and people were coming to, coming to me, well-meaning people. Hey, do you have sin in your life? Or, you know, is this an attack of the enemy? Or is this, you know, is this, uh, you know, just try? I was like, well, I think it's because I live in the world, and I had a wild life before Jesus. And then I still live in the world, the same planet you're on, and God will stick with me. He didn't promise I wasn't going to have any problems. He just promised I would never be alone to go through them. And I'm not, right? Oh, I love this so much. And then in those days, I mean, they even had to pray over their food. You know, they didn't have pure water like we do. Um, They had water that would make them sick. And God is saying, I will bless your bread and your water, and I'll remove sickness Now, what I want us to understand about why we're reading this stuff, I want you to lean in and start to say things out of your mouth like, God will bless my bread and my water, and he will take sickness from the middle of me. Have you ever been sick? I mean, I've been dealing with this like, do I feel nauseous? Am I okay? Am I, you know, check my blood pressure? Am I all right? And it's like, man, I'm going to believe God to come and heal this thing that he made that my spirit is trapped inside of that I have to take care of so much. Do you know how much time it takes to to groom and bathe and feed and make this thing comfortable? Are you satisfied? Are you warm enough? Okay, do you need something else? Are you hungry? Let me get you something real quick. Are you? And we just take care of this thing constantly. And it's the least consequential part of us. The most consequential part of us lives on the inside. Mm. Okay, Psalm 107 and 20. He sent his word and healed them. What did he do? He sent his word, and then what happened? Okay, he sent his word and he healed them. Do you believe the Bible? I guess that's a little quick thing to to put out, you know, because I don't know. I don't know if you read it this week, but I know you're reading it right now. I love that. I love that about church. We're definitely going to look at some scriptures while we're sitting here together. He sent his word and he healed them and he delivered them from destruction. That's powerful, guys. I mean, this is the kind of stuff you need, you need to carry around in your repertoire as a Christian. You know why? Because you're an ambassador of Christ on the earth today. You carry his anointing, his power, his word inside of you. And it becomes a domino effect of astronomical proportion. That one might hear, and another might hear, and another might hear, and one might be set free, and another might be set free, and another. It's good stuff, Lisa. I'm glad I came to church today. See, we like to handle the things that we can handle. We leave repentance and salvation to God. But we can take medicine for our body. And if we don't, we don't, because everybody's going to die, right? Welcome to church. The day you were born, you started to die. You know, you were on the process and on the path and on the way that one day you're going to step from this life to the next. We talk about that kind of stuff at funerals. You know, what do we think about it just for a minute? And, and what if in this life, you know, I mean, I understand. You know, God is sovereign. I believe in medicine. I believe in God's healing. But I believe he does it as he wills and in his timing. Not as I will and definitely not in my timing. As he wills and in his timing. And we're never alone when we go through. Listen to this in Isaiah 53. Four and five. Surely he has borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows. We esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. 
The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we're healed. You could spend all week just on verse 5, you know. How does that translate? It means because he went through that, he covered you and you don't have to. But sometimes you have to. So how do you you make it all work? How do I make my experience match what the Bible says? Well, there is an ultimate healing. We always go to that. That's always our go-to. There's an ultimate healing. You know, Lynn, this last week, if you didn't hear me say this, her sister, when she was young, had had, uh, cancer. So she had chemo. And because of the chemo all those years ago, they said she would never be a mom. She's a mom. She, she, you know, now she has this little girl. How old is she? She's nine. I was going to say five. She's nine. Okay, and she now comes up with some kind of heart problem. Well, the chemo from all that time ago that saved her life up until now hardened around her heart. And she had to have open heart surgery. She had a 50-50 chance. You know, I lost my sister not that long ago. So my heart was with your heart. And I was like, not today. Not today, devil. Not today. God, bring your spirit. Bring your healing. Bring your power. Bring your transforming power that she might live and not die, that she would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And we had everybody that we could think of on the, on the thread that knew her and that would pray for her. And we did. And she's alive. Well, you could say, well, you know, that's just you know, 50-50 chance. Flip a coin. Could have been God. Could have been the doctor. Could have been the situation. It could have been. It could have been God. It could have been the Spirit of God hovering over her and saving her life. Does she walk with him? No. Is she gonna? Most likely. I mean, there's so much that can happen from this point, from healing. Has has there been times when we've prayed for people and they died? Absolutely. I'm not the healer. He's the healer. I'm the vessel in his hand. I remember one time when, you know, I was praying for somebody and they did get healed. I mean, I was walking around like, a peacock, you know? Did you see that? They got healed. I prayed for them, and they were healed. And I was trying to do it like a low-key, humble, you know, but I was really like, me and Jesus. And there was another time I prayed for somebody, and they didn't get healed, and they stayed. And that same thing. And I was so depressed. It was like, talk about a child and tossed back and forth by every wave that comes. I mean, that's how I felt. I was like, man, why am I so high when that worked? And I was so low when it didn't. And why didn't it work? Here I thought I was carrying this gift of healing. The anointed of the Lord. It's so humble, isn't it? It's so pathetic. It's so embarrassing that I even tell you these things. But I had this dream because I was really seriously seeking God. Do you want me to pray for people to get well or not? You know? And I finally did develop a, you know, a, a theory or a, I don't know, a mindset about it. If you line up 100 people, I'll pray for them. If they all die, line up 100 more because my job is to pray and God's job is to heal. And if, if God is sovereign and he heals, that's amazing. If God is sovereign and he takes them home, that's amazing too because my job is still to pray. Okay, so I, I landed on that and it's good. That's kind of where, that's where I live. Does that mean I don't believe he's a healer? No, because I've seen him heal. I know that he can I know that he does. I don't know why sometimes we don't see it, and sometimes we do. Those things are, let me just say, beyond my pay grade, and they're beyond yours. We are the servants and the children, the sons and daughters of God. And so one time I had this dream. This isn't in my notes. This I'm free-falling in spiritual, you know, whatever area right now. So I had this dream that, you know, I was in an operating room, and I... And I look over, and I don't like stuff like this, if you know me. I don't look at that kind of stuff. That's all Stacy. She loves all the surgery. Show me how to do that. Somebody else's blood, she's good with. I, I don't like that. I'm squeamish. I'm like, ooh. You know, I, I don't want to see it. Well, I so I have this dream, but it was I'm kind of into it, 
you know, and I look over and there's like a person and they're on this bed and their little, their chest is open and there's, you know, there's a little bit of blood, but it's not really super graphic. And then I look over and there's this, you know, there's this tray and there's, you know, a hand that throws this, this bloody scalpel onto, back onto the, you know, the place. And I wake up, and I'm like, wow, okay, God, you know, you're speaking to me. You, this is how we are. I'm, oh, I feel that, God. You're telling me I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like a surgeon. I'm going to, you know, make, make lines and cut people. I'm going to help them, and I help them become aware of just their horrible problems because that's how good you are, God. And you're just going to lead me right in there to show people the way them and pray for them, and they're going to be healed. And I'm not even joking. You're the scalpel. came right to my head. I'm the surgeon. Where's the scalpel? Bloody on the tray. You know, it's like we, it's not that we shouldn't think, you know, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. But don't think more lowly of yourself than you ought to either. Because there's something about having the, having the power of a scalpel, you know. I can't do anything without the hand of the master. Do you understand that? God wants to use us. Does that mean if, he, if you pray for someone and they're healed that you have a gift of healing? Not necessarily. It means that God gave someone a gift of healing through you, through him. See what I'm saying? Is anybody tracking with me today? Jesus is a healer. And there's no like particular, particular formula either. It's like when you look at the way Jesus healed, sometimes he spits. He spits on the ground, makes a pack of mud for somebody's eye, and then they're blind. Sometimes you got to go wash in the river. Sometimes he calls your name, Tabitha, right? you know, some, Lazarus. Sometimes he just sends a word and heals somebody on a head. It, there's not a particular formula. Sometimes he touches you. Sometimes he lifts. Paul. Paul's in prison. This is after Jesus already ascended and went to heaven. People are bringing cloths to Paul, and he's praying healing over them, and then they're taking the cloth back to the people, and the people get healed. Peter casts a shadow and somebody gets in it and gets healed. There's no particular formula. And it's not because Peter is so epic and awesome. Jesus is. But what happened was the people who are following Jesus come into some people who are looking for the miracle, looking for Jesus, looking for healing. And their point of faith ignites. And they get healed, right? It's going to happen in dozens and dozens of different ways. And look, we're spending a lot of time, I'm talking about physical healing. I realize some of us are sitting here with ailments. Man, my husband's knees are like a much older man than he is, you know? Anxiety is rampant. Do you know 60-something percent of Americans, adults and kids, are on some kind of anti-anxiety medicine? It's a real thing. It's a real thing. And it's, there's nothing to make light of. This is where I believe in medicine. Until we, until we find the hem of the garment, that we might be healed. I mean, this stuff is real. And you never know what somebody's going through. So have a little kindness in your heart. Have a little mercy when you're speaking to people as the ambassadors of God. You don't know. It's not about you. They're not even thinking about you. They're dealing with something. Have enough foundation and grace in yourself to care about them. So there's more than just your body. Your body is the least significant part of this whole equation, but it's what we think about all the time. It's the thing that hurts. You stub your toe, it hurts. It has pain, it calls out to you. You have a headache, you feel it. But inside of us, now listen, last week we put stuff on this wall and 
we nailed up things that were wounds that we wanted to get rid of, right? I took them down to the extent of what your wound before you um, continually. So I took them and I put them in, a, in my little bag. I'm just going to take them and pray over them. It doesn't have anybody's name on it. You know, just I'll pray over it and I'll look through there and I'll pray. And the thing is, there's a place inside that you can't see that doesn't hit like a hammer on your, on your finger that says, ow, it hurts. It's just something that hangs around that you just feel offended all the time or you just feel like not worthy or you just feel like you're not doing a good job or whatever it is. And that's when you have a bruised spirit. Your spirit inside of you bruised, you know. Your emotions just, you don't even know how to think. You don't know how to think about anything except that thing that happened. Because it just, it was so devastating and it was so real. And it, and it happens. And, and it happens over and over again so you don't even know how to think beyond it because it keeps happening. And we stay trapped in this place inside here, beyond the body, in here, when we have bruises. And I'm telling you, science will teach us and qualify the things I'm getting ready to say. Not that the Bible needs science to qualify it, because it doesn't. But psychology is a science. And there's a reason that people go and sit in hours and hours and hours of therapy. You need to. It's good. If you're a Christian and you're sitting in therapy, you got double, double deck stacked in your favor because you got the therapy to work through your emotions and then you've got God on your side. You cannot lose. You cannot lose. If you don't have God on your side and you're sitting in therapy over and over again, you're going to be sitting in therapy for the rest of your life. They encourage you to do it. And I'm not against therapy either. I like that too. I like the science of being able to think and think through and bring resolve to your problems. I love that. Is that biblical? Yes. God wants us to walk with clarity of mind and understanding. He wants us to walk in a place where we have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ isn't offended. It isn't abused. It isn't broken. It's solid. It's thinking. It's level-headed. I like all this science. Jesus is a healer. He heals mind, soul, spirit, body, the whole package. In Romans 12, 2, it says, do not be conformed to the patterns of the world, but daily be transformed by the renewing of your mind with the word. May you think of that every time you see that butterfly that we painted on the wall back there. There's a transformation that happens in the kingdom of God when you come to know him. He comes in there and he'll just lift a little bit of your heart so he can see that thing. And sometimes you're going to go, no, I can't, you can't see that. I got to keep that a little bit longer. I'm not ready quite to give that up. And he'll be like, okay, I'll give you a little room because he knows you love him and he loves you. I'll come back a little bit later and he'll lift it up again. How's that doing in there? Mm, can, uh, okay, that's enough. And little by little, he pursues until he finds the place that you'd let him come all the way in and look at it with him standing next to you and you find healing. And it comes by not conforming to what the world says. The world's going to say, they're a loser. Forget about it. Move on. Divorce. Give it up. Kill yourself. But the word of God will come and say, those are lies and we bring them down. And how dare the enemy speak such a thing to one child of God sitting under my voice right now. In Jesus' name, live. In Jesus' name, overcome. In Jesus' name, wear the victor crown. How? By renewing your mind by the word of God. And you renew your mind like you're renewing your mind right now. Is it brainwashing? I mean, some people say that. I don't go to church. It's brainwashing. Darn right. I need my brain washed. 
I don't need a dirty brain. I don't need dirty thinking. I don't need, I don't need thinking that limits me to stay small. I need the thinking and the power of God to come and transform my mind that I can see that Jesus is a healer and that I'm walking with him. Why in the world would I want to carry anything besides that? And if I walk with the limp the rest of my life, then I do it, and I do it, and I'm unalone. Unalone? Is that a word? I don't know. It is now. 2 Corinthians 10. We cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Look, am I cherry-picking scriptures? Yes. It's not my favorite way to lay it out because I do like context. Why don't you go see if these scriptures are in context this week? We have to cast down imaginations. You know, I know sometimes we, we carry just like the, the offense or anger or mistrust or abuse or whatever it is inside because we haven't let this word come and wash us. And then we continue to listen to that external voice that is not our shepherds. It is the enemies or some well-meaning soul that misquoted the word or misquoted life. And you hear that come to you, and you stay and you remain in the broken place. You have to grab it, and you have to cast it down in Jesus' name. No, I am not afraid. No, I am not small. No, God can see me, and he does know me. I am fully known and fully loved, as a matter of fact. And I do belong, and I do have a purpose, right? You start speaking things like that, the enemy of your soul will not stick around to, to listen. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself. Mm, I am who the Bible says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Jesus is who he said he was. Jesus is a healer. And I trust him to show me all the ways. Listen to this. Do you know why it matters so much how you think? Proverbs 23, 7. As a man thinks in his heart, he is. What? If you think about it, you're going to become it. Whatever you believe about your life and your circumstance is going to come to pass. You have to believe higher. And set your mind. Why do you think the world teaches on manifest that stuff? Manifest it because it means think on it, imagine it, see it. What if you imagine it and think it and see it, and then you become it according to the word of God? Those are power scriptures. 2 Corinthians 10, 2 through 6. I beg you when I'm present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to it. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Did you know this? Did you know that you carry this on the inside of you? And did you know that it's not all up to you? His power working in us. <laughs> More than you ask, think, or imagine according to his power working in us. Not your power working in you, his power working in you. His power giving you the ability to cast down imaginations and strongholds so that you might be healed on the inner man, your spirit. Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives. Babe, this is scripture for you. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to sanctify her. And this is the part I wanted you to get. Cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Is there somebody that just, you know, I did this little video last week, put it out there, and I was like, do you ever just have like the greatest of mornings and you run into a negative Nelly? And negative Nelly, like whatever positive thing you can say, she can shoot it down with a negative. 
And you're like, and I just said, you know, that's frustrating and contagious. I'm going to go get a latte. And I was kind of joking about it, but really that's what I do. I get myself out of that situation. And then what I do is I, I don't have authority over your life. So if you have like a negative spirit, you have to cast that thing down. But if you don't see it, you're never going to do that. But what you can do if you live with somebody who's negative or you're in proximity with someone who is negative all the time, you can start to speak positivity because positivity breaks negativity. And don't let the negative thing get on you and keep getting on you. If you have to get up, go get a latte, excuse yourself from the situation, come back, you can do that. You have permission. But you can't sit under negative without confronting it or saying something about it or bringing it down. And then you can go into, like if it's your workplace, somebody you have the workplace with, you go in the bathroom and you go, in the name of Jesus, every negative spirit that would come around my friend and try to destroy her and bring her mind down, I lose your assignment against her in Jesus' name. And you start to walk in this kind of authority and power. This is my lingo. Build your own lingo with you and God. Build your own vocabulary of how you destroy strongholds by his power working in you. Whew. I hope it's soaking in because I'm preaching better than I see anybody responding out there. There's no formula, but there is a path. And you have to get on it. You have to start to lean into it. Ooh, let me read this. The body will take on decay, but the spirit will live forever. The time and energy it takes to care for this flesh that we have to carry around is inconsequential compared to the spirit. The spirit is eternal. It's the most important. Jesus talks about a bruised reed he will not crush. When you're already bruised in your spirit, Jesus isn't compiling more work on you to do and putting everything on you. He's a deliverer. He comes with the promise of healing and lifting. You know, I know some of us live in this, you know, poor, poor, miserable me. We have like what I will call the Eeyore spirit. The Eeyore spirit. How are you today? Well, it's the worst day of my life. I'm not thinking on anybody specific while I'm saying this, but, you know, it's negative. Those are negative thoughts, and it's not the will of God for us who are his. God means for us to live with confidence and fullness and abundance. And it doesn't mean you bury your head in the sand and act like everything's fine if it isn't. No, he's given you authority to confront. He's given you the ability and the capacity to move by his spirit working in you all the time. But we have to start looking with the eyes of faith. The same way you came to salvation and believed grace, the same way you believe for healing in your body, you have to believe for healing in your mind and healing in your spirit because God surely is a deliverer and a healer of us, those of us who love him. He was wounded for our transgressions. Transgressions are sins. I think sometimes we're so dull because we don't think sins are sins anymore and nobody wants to talk about it. You know, we just compile, we put everything in a compartment. Acceptable sins, you know. Man, do I have time for another story, you know? Heard this story, you guys have heard this one before, but it fits. If I made you, does anybody like brownies? Like chocolate brownies, thick, fudgy, delicious brownies? Man, I love brownies. Put ice cream on it, some chocolate syrup, man. Mm. If I made you this whole pan of brownies and I brought it to you, and you'd be like, thank you, and you smell it, it smells good. You're looking at all that chocolate, it looks delicious, and we're ready to eat them. And right before you put it right in your mouth, like, wait, before you put that in your mouth, right before you put that in your mouth, I just got to tell you, I, I took one little, just tiny, teeny, tiny piece of dog doo-doo, and I put it in there. <laughs> just a little tiny bit. You wouldn't even know. You probably won't even taste it. Would you eat it? 
But you'll live like that. You'll live like it. One little tiny thing. Oh, nobody cares. It doesn't really matter. If you know, it matters. If you don't know, God will show you. There's always grace. Grace always abounds beyond this stuff. He was wounded for our transgressions, for our sins. Just let that sit on you for a minute. Man, bruised for our iniquities. The things that we do that are evil, he took bruises for. The chastisement for our peace. He was disciplined so that we could live in peace. Exchange your things for his things. It's a good deal. I'm just going to tell you. It's a good deal. By his stripes we're healed. Whew. Isaiah 42. I love this one so much. Because I've come to God broken. I've come to God little. I've come to him talking about someone else and what they said about me and how unfair it was and how hurt I was and how much pain I was suffering in, in my soul. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering wick he doesn't snuff it out. In faithfulness he will bring forth what? Justice. God is going to get your justice for you. He will not falter. He will not be discouraged until he establishes justice on earth. God will get his way. Who's going to make them pay if I forgive? God will. But I want to. You're not God. Vengeance is mine. And he can get them way better than you. And hopefully he'll get them with repentance. Wouldn't that be a miracle? I don't want them in heaven. Yeah, you do. Get that hardness off of your heart and let God begin to speak healing. When we're bruised in our emotions and our thought lives, man, it can be because of trauma. It can be because of any kind of pain. But Jesus wants to bring healing. And when I get to this place at the end, I just, I just want to talk about, well, then what's the plan? What am I supposed to do with all that? I get it. Yeah, I live in it. It's a sewer. How do I get up out of it? How do I begin to walk in healing that is mine? There's a scripture in Proverbs 16 that, that I love, and I pray this over my life. I pray this over my life when I'm distracted during the time I'm trying to have devotion and make a plan and, and serve God, but thoughts keep jumping into my head. So I make a little note. Well, now I just put it in my phone, but I used to make, write it down with my, you know, my pen and, and my journal. And I'll make a little list of whatever thoughts come to me while I'm trying to worship and pray and praise God. And then that list sustains my thoughts. And I, I get that from the scripture right here. Commit your works to the Lord. Submit and trust them to him. And your plans will succeed if you respond to his will with guidance. I believe God will interject thoughts into our lives at any given time. And then we'll write them down and then we'll be able to go ahead and have success in our endeavors because he's with us. Are you tracking with me? You get that? So there's a couple of things we can do to begin to lean in. Let me find that right here. You have to lean in to believe that God is speaking to you about these things. Maybe your own body is suffering. Maybe someone you love has something in their body and they need God to heal. And he wants to. Maybe it's your mind. Your mind doesn't think clear. It doesn't even believe the best about yourself. How is it going to believe the best about others? God wants to heal that. Some of you are sitting there with just like shrapnel from, from the Spirit, from things that have happened to your life. And the Holy Spirit wants to come with, with Holy Ghost mortar and just fill those places. And he's really good at it. Some of you have bruised emotions. You, you're caught in patterns of thinking that you have to come up and out of. You're the redeemed of the Lord. You're bought with a price. You're his. And you have to get this backbone that says, how dare the devil try to run rough trot 
over me. I'm the redeemed of the Lord, and I'm saying so. You have to lean in, and you have to begin. You have to start somewhere. Then you got to practice what you know, and then you got to wait. you got to lean in and trust the sovereignty of God. And here's a psalm that can wrap it all up. It says, I would have despaired had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, why don't you guys stand up? Please. And I'm at this place where I close, and I was even telling Scott this even this morning, because there's, there's a way that I would like to just end this particular conversation, and it's with a demonstration of power. I mean, I'd like to line us up and just go down the line and pray like old school like we used to and watch everybody just get it. And we might even do that before we're done. Yeah, but, but I feel like that's, what, that was how, that's how I wanted to end it. And then I felt like God was saying, well, if you feed somebody one time, they were fed. But if you teach them how to fish, they can eat forever. And so I believe that God wants us to open our mouths with confession of faith and start to say things we don't even hear ourselves say, maybe ever, maybe for the first time. But I'm going to say some things, and then I want you guys to make the declaration out of your mouth. And then we'll see what happens after that. And another, you know, another way to end it is just to stop on the practical approach. Lean in, believe, practice, wait. And we could have camped out on that. All of these things are part of it. There is no formula, but there is a path. Do you want to be on the path? That's question one. Do you want to be on the path? Yes. Two of us want to be on the path, Lord. Two of us. Would you come with your mercy for the two of us? Do you want to be on this path or not? You want to find some way to, to enter the healing and the rest of God? You do. So listen, with a hearty response, I mean, not the Eeyore. We cast out the Eeyore spirit in the name of Jesus right now, that we will not do this with sadness, but we will do this with power. So listen, I'm going to say it, and you're going to say it after me, okay? The promises of God are mine. Come on, Todd. Salvation is mine. Prosperity is mine. Purpose is mine. Security belongs to me. I am safe. Healing is mine. I am healed and whole by his stripes. I believe it. I believe it. I receive it. I receive healing. I'm an instrument of healing, instrument of healing. In, his in his hands. I long to see it. I believe it. Now, Father, you heard your children. You heard what they said. Father, you heard the proclamation they made out of their mouths. Even the energy in the room went up like 10 levels when they acted on what they heard. Father, we ask you in the name of Jesus, heal our wounds. By your stripes, we are healed. Now, listen, if you're sick in this room, put your hand on your body where it hurts. If somebody that you know is sick, 
Put your hand on the part of your body and proxy for them where they hurt. And we're going to pray. And we believe in the name of Jesus that the work that Jesus did on that cross, the scourge that he bore on his back, and every blood drop that came out of his body for us to be healed would be active in our lives right now by spiritual healing, by emotional healing, by physical healing. We don't serve a God that is dead. We serve a God that is alive. God, would you come Would you just blow our minds? Would you blow the mind of every skeptic in this room and heal their body right where they're standing? God, would you give us the courage to believe again and to trust you that you are our healer and that you are for us? God, would you move by the hand of the great physician and would you come in and out of every row in this room and would you heal us? And would you heal the people that we love that are not sitting here right now with us, God? People that we know that are suffering, people that are having a hard time. Would you break the back of anxiety that, that is having a stronghold over our nation? Would you bring it down off of your kids in the name of Jesus, the name above every name? Every migraine come down in Jesus' name. Every joint that's out of order, get in order in Jesus' name. Every organ that isn't functioning properly, God, you made us one time. You know how to make us again. Would you bring your authority and your spirit to heal us? God, would you help us to get in line with your word, to surrender our hearts in our minds, in our thoughts, and our spirit. God, we're so bruised, we can barely even walk in this thing. We don't even know how to think. Would you come with your spirit? Would you blow out the cobwebs? Would you come and fill all those, those shotgun shells, those, those shrapnel places, God? Would you fill them with your spirit? That we would be whole, that we would be evidence that you live in the earth today. God, the people would look at our lives and wonder, how did you do that? How did you get there? And we would say with the humility, God, by the hand of the great physician, Jesus, our healer. God, help us to lean in. Help us to believe. Help us to walk by faith until we see it. Father, help us to walk knowing that we're not alone in the things that we go through. These struggles, you carry them more than we do, God. Your love for us is vast. We receive it. We receive your healing. Now just sit there a minute. Or stand there and let God speak and minister healing in Jesus' name. And when you go out of here, you lay your hands on the sick and you watch them recover. I'll see you next time. I love you a lot. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Remember to like and follow for the next installment of the Law Podcast. If you want to be a partner with Aloft, you can give on Givelify.com. If you need more information, check us out on Facebook or at theloftgathering.com. And of course, join us 10.30 Sunday mornings. Hope you have a great week. Till next time.